You're listening to the New Life Church Sunday Morning Podcast. We're a family of believers in Anderson, Missouri that want to experience God in a real way, both inside and outside the walls of a building. For more Sunday messages, upcoming events, or to get in touch, visit new-life-church.net. It's an awesome responsibility to have the opportunity to share the Word of the Lord with you on a Sunday morning. Or any time, y'all. It's an awesome responsibility that we have as Christians to, to have the opportunity to share Christ with those that we come in contact with each and every day. And what I'm learning is it's best shared out of weakness. It's best shared out of weakness. I, I thought for a while it was just me, and it was my own pride, you know. I didn't want somebody coming to me and telling me they had all the solutions and everything. But the reality is, it's not just me, it's all of us. I will speak for all of us on that. Weakness, brokenness. God speaks to us through that. We... Um, we saw the video on shipwrecked up there just a minute ago, and growing up, I loved to read the. Um, I loved to read. I just I enjoyed reading. Uh, I had a tree in my backyard. I climb up in it and I would read. Robinson Crusoe, shipwrecked, alone, separated, from what he was trying to get done. On this desert island, alone, separated from what he thought was his purpose. Alone. We're going to talk a little bit more about being alone here in a minute. Uh, We've had a good few weeks on stewardship. We've had the opportunity as we've gone through the last few weeks. uh, Matt has led us and we talked about the fact that that we're really all, what we're stewards of is what God has gifted us with, you know? Anything that we are responsible for stewarding came from God. It came from God. It's not about us. And then Matt reintroduced us to this hairy man that was fed by ravens. I do not look at buzzards the same way. As I drive down the road and they're exploring roadkill, I confess I have prayed a prayer of thanksgiving that I am not that hairy man who's going to be delivered food by that bird. Okay? Have you all done that? I mean, I just... But we also saw in that, how that we need to be stewards of that which God has planned for us. And he has a plan for our lives. He has a purpose for this existence. He has a purpose for everything that has shaped us. Not just the good, not just the easy, but the hard, the difficult, the painful. God can take all of that, and he has a wonderful purpose for it. And we need to be stewards of that as we go. And then last week we explored these talents, you know. And, uh, you know, do I dig a hole and put it in the ground, or do I do something else with it? What do I do? And the way that we are gifted again by God with certain things that we are called to be stewards of. And we remembered, you know, you know, whether it's our finances or our gifts or our spiritual gifts. I mean, whatever it is, God gave that to 
you and you and you and you and you and me for a reason. And we need to be good stewards of that. It's not an accident. It's not an accident. God has a wonderful, perfect, big, big plan. And now today you get me. And... Uh, <laughs> yeah, me too. I laugh about that too. Uh, and we're going to talk about stewardship as a body. You know, as this body of Christ, as this group of believers who we are. Because that's a common connection point for us. We are no longer Robinson Crusoe or the later day movie Tom Hanks stuck on an island by itself with just a soccer ball. We're no longer alone in that. So we're going to talk about stewardship as a body and think about it as being a part of a church and a part of being connected and joined together as we go down, as we go down this road. Before I turn to the one scripture we're going to use today, I'm not going to bounce us all around the Bible. I'm going to focus on one passage of scripture today. Before I turn to that, I want, you to, I want you to go on a bit of a journey with me, though. And I want you to think about your life before Christ. Okay? Think about your life before Christ. Think about your life before God did the work that he's doing in your life. The things that were going on. The things that you experienced. Some of you will say... Wow, you know, I was just a kid. And some of you, that's your testimony. And, and praise God that you had that environment. You know what? God planned that for you. That was his desire. That was his path for you. But you still came to a point where you recognized, Man, I got this hole in my heart. I got this incompleteness inside of me. I need Christ. I cannot be alone by myself. Some of you had other experiences. Pain. Addictions. Heartache. Maybe you came to Christ through a broken marriage. Marriage fell apart and you realized, I had nowhere to turn but God. You know? Talked to a man the other day. He said, hey, I was raised in the church. I was raised in the church. And then I became an atheist for 39 years. And I had to hit the bottom. And then I realized I needed God. Maybe that's your testimony. I don't know what your story is prior to you coming into this building today even. You know? But it is not just your story. It's the story of God working in your life. The story of God working in your life. And as I thought about us as a body and what I could share today when I think about stewardship as a body of believers, it's a collection of those stories. It's a blending of that that we get to be a part of here today. So that's kind of framing up where we're going to go today. Um, it is a privilege and an honor to share the Word of God with you. Absolutely a privilege. What I would like to do is I'd like to ask our folks in the back to put the passage of Scripture up on the screen. If you've got your Bible with you, I'd, I'd ask you to turn to it. 
If you follow along on a phone or a device, I'd like you to turn over. And by the way, while y'all are turning, just for, for what it's worth part, these, these phones, I'm going to give you an assignment if you have a phone today. Uh, and you can put a Bible app on it. Put a Bible app on it. And I'm going to give you a passage of scripture or two as I go through the end. that We're not going to put on the screen, but I'm going to suggest that you read this week. I'm going to suggest that you think about this week as we go beyond it. So put the word of God on your phone. It'll be right there. And I'm not going to ask us because how many of you are like me, but, but I suspect a bunch of us spend too much time on the phone. <laughs> Not just talking like in the old days with the handheld device, but on the phone. So put it on there if you got it. Passage of Scripture, as you can see, is in First Peter. And I'm going to read it from the screen because that's working back there right now. Um, and then we'll, we'll move. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once, you were not a people, but now you're God's people. Once, you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. First Peter Two verses nine and ten, English Standard Version. Can you? You've heard that verse before, maybe. Most of you have heard that verse before. I was looking at some notes when I've spoken here. I've used that verse before. I haven't just camped out on it like I'm going through today. It's a it's a verse of scripture that honestly is one of my favorites. Okay. Now I asked you a moment ago to kind of think about your life pre-Christ. Okay, and and I think that the word loneliness, the word loneliness, does that come to your mind when you think about life pre-Christ? Does the word hopelessness come to mind? Trapped, desperately alone, needy. Empty. I'm not sure what words dominate as you think about it, but when you think about it, there probably are a number of words and descriptors there that are not where we want to camp out, you know? That's not where we want to be all the time. So, when you look at this scripture, if those words defined us pre-Christ... What defines us now? Okay? After we come to Christ, after he has indwelled us, what now describes us? Who are we? Who are we? And I think it's important that we, that we just look at God's word and say, okay, then who are we individually? But guess what? This is who we are collectively as a part of the body of Christ. You're chosen. You're royal. You're his possession. You're chosen. You're royal. 
and you are his possession. Now, would you rather be chosen by God, royal, and possessed by God, or would you rather be those things you thought about when you thought about your life before Christ? Which do we choose? Seems pretty simple, doesn't it? Now let's, let's just for a minute realize that Satan is the author of lies. Satan doesn't want you to remember these things. The last thing he wants you to think of is that you're chosen by God. The last thing he wants you to think of is that you're royal. You're connected. You're a joint heir. The last thing he wants you to remember is the fact that you are possessed by God. He owns you. Which means Satan can't touch you. That battle has been lost. It's done. But Satan doesn't want you to remember that. So life, is, life does what life does. Okay? This is all settled. Once you were, but now you're God's people. Describes it really clearly. And once you were, but now. Once. Past is done. Now you are what I described a minute ago. You flip back to nine. Now you are chosen. You're royal. You're a holy nation. Now you are. Once you were something else. But then life happens, doesn't it? And we come to church on Sunday morning and the week has occurred for us. And you know what? It's been hard. Has everybody had a really easy week this week? No. We have, we have situations that occur in our life. We're still haunted by the things that followed us before Christ. Sin continues to afflict us. We still have problems with kids and marriages and, dare I say, addictions. We still have those things that come after us. But you're not alone. You're not alone. You're a part of a body of Christ. Okay? Once you were not a people, now I'm going to bounce you back to verse 10. I told them I wasn't going to bounce around. I didn't tell them I was going to, I didn't tell them that I was going to bounce back and forth in this passage. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is God's church. This is God's church. You're God's people. It's not about us individually. It's about God. Whose possession are we? Whose people are we? So who's it about? Yeah, yeah. But see, we don't have to go through those things alone anymore. Because we come here and we got folks who have gone through some of the stuff with us. Folks who have gone before us. Folks who love us. Folks who can encourage us. So, who are we? Just told you. Whose are we? You just told me. Whose are we? We're God's. And then, why are we? <laughs> why? Why? Well, let's bounce back up to verse 9 then. 
that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you. Folks, we're a church on a mission. We're not a country club for people who've got it all figured out. Okay? Anybody in here got it all figured out? Because I want to spend the afternoon with you. We're not. We're not a country club. God never intended that to happen. He intends for us to be a church on a mission. A church on a mission. What's that mission? Proclaim the excellencies. Oh, we get to talk about how good our church is? No. Of him who called us. We don't talk about how we got it figured out. No. We don't talk about how this church is so great. No. We proclaim the excellencies of he who called us. And you know what? He's excellent. He's excellent. Who? Who are we? Whose are we? And why are we? So how are we doing? If this is what we're a steward of as a church, how are we doing? Now, I had the privilege last Sunday morning of um, snatching away my youngest grandson, Nolan. Many of you have prayed for him. And standing in the back back here, um, while those who wanted to volunteer to work in Bible study were going to have a brief meeting. And don't you love brief meetings? You're going to have a brief meeting. And I stood back there, and I watched this beautiful meeting take place. And I watched this side of the sanctuary be full because the people have a mind to work. The people have a mind to proclaim the excellencies of he who called us to people who have a need. And yeah, that, that touches my heart. We had people at the river yesterday. Why were the people there? Well, Jeremy, I'm going to embarrass you a little bit, but Jeremy was a guy floating down the river one time. And somebody wanted to stop him and proclaim the excellencies of he who called us. And now, they planted a seed, and now Jeremy leads groups of people and prays with people who are floating down the river. Amen. Amen. I'm looking for Dallas this morning. I can't find her. And I, you know, the one thing, when you've got the mic on, you can just embarrass people if you want. And, and if they try to stop you, it just embarrasses them more. So, uh, you know, so, so go ahead. But I don't even see her here. But I did see Khalif earlier. Dallas is a young lady who came to know the Lord through the youth ministry of this church. And you know what she's doing now? She's leading the youth ministry of this church, along with Khalif. She's proclaiming the excellencies of he who called her to a whole nother generation. She's being a good steward of that. I've been in a lot of churches in my life. I've seen a lot of churches. I've been blessed to do that. I have never seen a congregation as deeply involved as this one. I've never seen a congregation more willing 
to proclaim the excellencies of he who called us than this one. Praise the Lord. I'm not praising y'all, okay? Because I know y'all. You're just like me. You're just a sinner whose righteousness is like filthy rags. But praise God who called us. Knit us together and allows us to be partners in this ministry of proclaiming Christ to our communities. Praise God that we get to do that. Okay? Let's be good stewards of that. Let's protect that. Let's continue that. Let's grow that. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what we're called to do. That's stewardship of the body. So I, I made these notes here, and I started making them. I said, oh, my goodness, then what are we doing here? Let's, let's look at this. And I'll leave some out. We've got youth. We've got power lab. We've got the nursery. We've got children's church. We've got hospitality. We've got greeting. We've got finances. We've got praise and worship. We have deacons who serve. We're doing a VBS. We do a river ministry. Oh, yeah, youth again. We're doing one-on-one mentoring here in ways that sometimes we don't even see and that the church as a whole doesn't even know. But it's a part, a vital part of what we need to do. I'll be a little more sensitive on this one. But I know of a person in our church who has probably gone through one of the more difficult periods of their life. And this ties into what Matt was saying. Probably the most difficult might be a way of saying it. Ties into what Matt was saying a minute ago. And then I know somebody who visited our church is going through a difficult period of time. Sorry, my eyes itching. Um, A difficult period of time. And guess who put their arm around this person and said, hey, I want to love you. I want to invest in you. I want to minister to you. A beautiful, beautiful thing. A beautiful calling. And it is a calling that uh, will reap eternal benefits. But it is a calling that is also upon all of us. Because as I look at this, There's not a person in here. There's not a person in here that doesn't need a word of encouragement. There's really not. And if you think, well, I don't need a word of encouragement, well, then get busy encouraging somebody. Okay? But I dare say there's not a person in here that can't use an arm around them. There's not a person in here that won't benefit from somebody saying, hey, I've been there. Hey, I'm still there. Let's go through this thing together. You know, man, let's let's figure this out together, but let's neither one be alone as we walk through this thing. You see, as a church, that's what we need to be healthy. That's, That's a way that we need to be healthy. We need to be genuine. We need to be real. And we need to understand that we're walking through this experience of life together. Okay? We're going to love, we're going to serve, we're going to support one another together. And you know, as we do that, what we're doing 
We're being a good steward of not just the way God has gifted us, but in a very unique way, we're being a good steward of the way we struggle. Wow. The way we stumble. The way we fall. Because there are lessons in that. There are lessons in the things that we wrestle with. And if we ignore them, they don't go away. If we don't address them, then we're choosing to be on the island by ourselves with only a soccer ball to kick around. There are lessons in all of that. Let's be stewards of those experiences that God gives us. So, I, uh, I'm a farmer today. I've done other things in my life. I'm a farmer today. One of the big reasons, there are two big reasons that I'm a farmer today. One of them is that's where I grew up, okay? I watched my dad do it. I developed a love for it then. But probably the thing that kept me on the farm um, was a second grade teacher who loved a smelly, stinky little boy who didn't have a water in his house, so he took a bath on weekends in the summertime in a tub where the water had been heated by the sun outside. Um, but a teacher who loved me then, okay? She was a Christian. She was a believer. And she took her relationship with Christ and her desire to serve outside the church and reach other people. Her husband was a man who taught FFA or AG at, Walmart, at uh, Mansfield. He was, a, he was a funny man. He wasn't a polished man, but he loved people. He loved people. And he loved me. Okay? And he gave me experiences. He took me into the FFA. Anybody ever been a part of the FFA? I started to wear corn gold and national blue today, but I couldn't find a white shirt that had both those colors in it that I really wanted. <laughs> he took me into the FFA. And he mentored me. He loved on me. He gave me different experiences. And I don't know why, as I was preparing for this, my mind turned to him, other than the fact that um, that is the way that we interact with people in this world, you know. As a church, now, when we think about stewardship, we need to be good stewards in a few ways. One of them is, we need to be good stewards in our conversations, okay? Our conversations. I'm not talking about the words you use. I'm not talking about the flowery speech that you have. I'm talking about those appointments that God brings your way or those people he brings into your life. And guess what? They got a hole in their heart. They're trapped. They're on that island, and you're going to help them get off. Or maybe you know who can help them get off. So you, you love on them. Could be the person that's checking out your groceries. Could be the receptionist at your doctor's office. Could be the business person that you've got to go deal with. Everywhere we go, everything we do as individuals, 
we have an opportunity to demonstrate and share Christ with these folks. It's really interesting, and I don't always want to do it. And by the way, I don't always do it. Generally, I feel bad when I don't. Sometimes I don't even let myself feel bad. I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm just that bad of a person. But it's an opportunity that we need to be a steward of. It's an opportunity that we need to be a steward of. I listed all these things that we do just a minute ago. So this lady who was my, back up, this lady who was my teacher, her husband was my teacher later on, they were good stewards of that. They appropriately represented Christ. And they contributed greatly to change in my life. Greatly. Greatly. Wouldn't you like to contribute to change in somebody's life? Isn't it cool to lead somebody down the road to where they're closer to Christ? Isn't that a blessing? And sometimes it's done on the river. Sometimes it's done in a Bible school. Sometimes it's done in the line at the grocery store with the lady behind you or the, that you really, or maybe the person in front of you that you wish would hurry up. You know, God gives us the privilege of doing that because then we can proclaim the excellencies of who you called us. Sometimes it's the local ministries that we do. That's our river, that's our Bible school, that's our Sunday morning, that's our life groups, okay? It's living life together here. And sometimes it's what we do as a church that reaches far beyond our walls. I was blessed yesterday afternoon. Out of the blue, I received a call from Jason Hardage, okay? Some of you will know that the Hardages are missionaries that we as a church at New Life get to support, we participate in their ministry in northern India in a mountainous area where he is discipling over 20 different pastors to share the word of God with people in India who are trapped. Where they're providing medical need. And guess what, folks? This church is a part of that. You are a part of that. We are a part of that. So he got to kind of update me on what's going on there. And they've, they've asked that we pray. They've got uh, a couple coming in that can, um, is, has surrendered to the call to go and be missionaries. And they're going to be there in a couple of weeks and praying about being, doing medical work in, in that area. But I got to visit with Jason. And it wasn't an accidental timing for the call. No, it wasn't. It was time to come in before I got up and shared with you because part of our stewardship as a body here is to be involved in the work of Christ around the globe. Remember the Great Commission? Is there a, is there a phrase in there about the uttermost parts of the world? Is that, something like that? Shake your head if you, if you think that's, that's right. If I got it wrong, come tell me later, but I think it's... it's into the uttermost parts of the world. Having been to India, and i got to tell you, I can't think of a more uttermost part. <laughs> okay? I can't think of a more uttermost part. And you listen to Jason describe how you get up to their village. Um, yeah, they're driving Jeeps up donkey trails up the side of a mountain. Okay? 
New Life Church, Anderson, Missouri, each of you are a part of sharing Christ in that uttermost part of the world. We need to be stewards of that. We need to grow that. We need to be involved with that. Brian has spoken before. You know, the work of surge is all around the world. There may be other works that we need to be involved with. And, folks, here's where I would tell you that I think we need to do more. Okay? So, if you're, if you're waiting for the part where I'm not going to brag on us when I think about stewardship as a church, you're about to get it. <laughs> okay? I think we need to do more from the standpoint of directed, targeted mission trips around the world. Do you agree? I don't know where that will take us. I don't know where that will take you, and I am not your Holy Spirit. <laughs> okay? I lay no claims to that. But there are, I guarantee you, that in this room, there are individuals who feel the tug of God on their heart to do something like that in some uttermost place. And immediately what happens when we think there is, oh, I can't do that. Man, I am, I'm not qualified. I don't know anything about that. I can't do that. Well, thank you for thinking that because you just qualified yourself. Okay? <laughs> you just qualified yourself because when we are weak, who is strong? God is strong. Don't make the mistake, New Life Church. Don't make the mistake, any of us, of just doing those things that we feel comfortable with, those things that, that we feel naturally gifted to do, believe God. Minister in weakness. Look for those points where you say, oh, I can't do this. And then God, the Holy Spirit will whisper in your heart, good, let me do it. Let me do it. So, I got two closing thoughts. I don't know what time it is because I don't have a clock. I got two closing thoughts, and they make, I, but it's not just two words. Okay. First of all, FFA. I they were on my mind. It's crazy. I know. FFA. What What's the key to us? If If, if you walk out of here and you think, Oh, what did he say? Well, I want you to remember FFA. In our role in stewardship, Matt's looking at me like, what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of thinking that too. Uh, our role in stewardship as a body of Christ, be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful. God has called us and blessed us to now be his people. We were not a people, but now we're God's people. We are his possession. Let's be faithful. Let's be faithful. F number one. F number two. Folks, let's be forgiving. Okay? Let's be forgiving. Newsflash. Some of you are not perfect. <laughs> some of you are really going to irritate somebody else. Okay? 
Some of you are going to want to pick up an offense because, oh, man, I can't believe they did that to me. I'm mad. And then some of you are going to look at a situation that's going on and say, well, I can't believe that he did that to him. And then you take on the offense of somebody else. That ought not be in this church. You hear me? That ought not be in this church. F number two, forgiving. Be forgiving. We have all been forgiven so much. Have we not? We have all been shown so much mercy. Have we not? Amen. Yeah. Then we need to be forgiving. We need to be forgiving. We need to be faithful. We need to be forgiving because you are a part of a body of Christ that is filled up with people that are going to tick you off sometime <laughs> and are going to disappoint you and are going to let you down because you have expectations that may be greater. You've been forgiven much. Forgive much. Forgive much. If you got an offense against somebody, go to that person. If that doesn't work out, follow the scriptural pattern. Bring somebody with you. Let's work this stuff out. Okay? That's a big part of our stewardship as a body of Christ. I uh, had the privilege a few months ago to go to a prayer breakfast. Typically a collection of, of Christians, you know. However, in God's divine sense of, of sorting things out, you know, I'm sitting there and nobody is at my table for the longest. And then next thing I look up, there are people gathering to the table. And there happens to be a guy there who doesn't know the Lord. And I couldn't figure out why he was there, you know. I wanted to say, dude, why are you here? But I didn't because I knew that God had brought him there. And afterwards, we got to talk and I could see that the Holy Spirit was working in his life. And you know one of the things that was holding him back was his description of bodies of Christ that were bickering. Where there's bickering in the body or there's bickering between churches about this issue or that issue, which are not of great eternal significance. And I had to look him in the eye and I say, Lance, man, I apologize. I'm sorry that you've experienced that. But here's the three words I have for you. <laughs> okay? Let's not be that church that somebody who's looking for Christ looks at and says, Gosh, I, if that's what it is, well, then I'll stay here on this island by myself. Let's not be that place. Let's be what we've demonstrated we are can be, and will continue to be by God's grace. Let's be the place that draws people to Christ. So, the um, faithful, forgiving, forgiving. And you know, there's a side effect to, and FFFA wasn't as good, so I shortened it to FFA. But there's a thing that springs out of forgiveness, and that is being friendly. Okay? It springs out of forgiveness. Unforgiveness creates bitterness. Forgiveness creates warmth, acceptance, love. 
Faithful, forgiving, and then available. Available. I'm not saying be talented, okay? Although many of you are a lot more talented than, than I am. I had, I'm the guy that's been kicked out of the room when the choir was practicing in my life, you know? I can't do what these people do up here. Be available. Be available. Be available to hug that person next to you. To listen to the Holy Spirit tell you, I'll go do this big thing. To come alongside a brother and say, man, I'm struggling too. Let's just pray about this together. Let's work, this, let's work through this together. Be available. Now, another A, so it still gets to be in there, is attentive. I started to say be attentively available. I didn't like that. It sounded too, too fancy and hard for me to remember. But be available to those appointments, those situations, those things that you see that are opportunities for you to proclaim the excellencies of he who called you. Proclaim the excellencies of he who called you. So, at the end, here's what I did. Three words. Three words. And you're going to have, you're going you're gonna to listen to this list and you're going to think, this guy's crazy. And I am, that's okay. God made me that way, so I'm just going to run with it. Uh, <laughs> three words. Maybe a series of three words. Number one, God made us. God made us. Number two, God loves us with a love that is greater than any love we can muster up on our own for anyone else. God loves us. Preach that to yourself daily, y'all. God desires us. Oh my goodness. I have a hard time sometimes really even thinking about that appropriately. God desires us. He desires a relationship with us. We were created for community with God. Our sin broke that. God desires that with us. The creator of the universe who controls all of it desires a relationship with us. And the relationship with that person that is in line in front of you that he's telling you to love on. Or that person who's hurting that you see. Or that person who's waiting on you that is having a bad day or whatever. God desires us. Notice those have all been three words. Uh, God pursues us. God pursues us. I don't know all of your stories. Okay? 
I don't. I wish I did. I know this, that they are your stories, yes, but really, it's God's story. It's God's story of his pursuit of you. It's God's story of him positioning you for that relationship with him that you and he desire. It is the longing of your heart. It's the longing of the lost person's heart to have that relationship, that relationship with God. He desires us. He pursues us. God gifts us. Sometimes the gifts are ones we like to open, and sometimes our gifts are ones we don't want to open. You know? It's, it's hard sometimes. But he gifts us. He gifts us for the ministry of proclaiming his excellencies. He gifts us. God sustains us. He sustains us. He carries us. I don't know what you're going through. You don't know what I'm going through. But what we do know is that we're all going through something. <laughs> you know? We're all living life together in community. And as a church, as a church, we are called to encourage one another, to love one another, to support one another. And that is a part of the way that God has planned of sustaining us. You see, in a way, our relationship with each other is, is, is kind of like that the restoration of that broken relationship of the garden of communion with God, you know? Once, once we realize that, that we have a relationship with God, that is the basis of our relationship with one another. God sustains us. He gives us. And as I told my buddy Lance, you're loved. You are loved by God. You're loved by the creator of the universe. That's our story as a church. That is what we proclaim as a church. That is our mission as a church. That is what we are stewards of as the body of Christ. Okay? It is a blessing to be a part of this body and connected with you. Thank you for what you bring here. Thank you for how you serve here. Thank you for how you love here. And I just encourage all of you as I encourage myself Let's be good stewards of this. Let's honor God by doing that. So, as we go, FFA, three words. Our mission is to proclaim the excellencies of He who called us. That's what the Lord put on my heart to share with you today. Um, every time I'm asked to share, I realize that um, 
how thankful I am that there are those who share on a weekly basis. <laughs> so we're blessed in that respect. So let's just remember that as we go. And it will be exciting to me to see, and I will, I will guarantee you, I will guarantee you that as you go through this week, you will have opportunities to proclaim the excellency of he who called us. You will. You don't have to go create it. You don't have to think up some flowery, flowery way to do it. In the course of your life, this next week, you will have the opportunities to proclaim God's excellency. So, as we go, let's just determine that we're going to do it, okay? And that's all I have. So, I'd like to say a word of prayer. Um, if there's somebody here who wants to talk more, we're available, you know? Uh, we welcome that. If there's somebody here who says, man, I, I want to see that hole in my heart filled. Yeah, we're available. If it's, hey, I'm struggling with this, I need somebody to pray for me, let's be a church of prayer. You know, we're available to do that. Right now, let me just pray and we will go our way. Father, we thank you. Um, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time. Thank you for bringing us together here as your body. Thank you for the privilege that we have of proclaiming your excellencies. Thank you that we're loved by you. Thank you that we've been pursued by you. Thank you that we have the privilege, Lord, of being a part of this body, the opportunity to encourage one another and walk through this life together. Help us, Lord, to be good stewards of that in all that you called us to do. Lord, we love you. We, we praise you. And we, we just thank you for your goodness and the mercy that we've obtained. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.